Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's you, Sparky, 5 or 12.50 a.m. The Fan here in beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin, along with our guy, Phil Brylow, $2 Phil. Follow him on Twitter at Bruce City Bowling. Dwight Albright here as well, uh, of course, owner of the Spare Time Pro Shop uh, in New Berlin. Follow him on Twitter at Dewey300. Joining us now, he is the owner of Bowling Heaven. That is right. <laughs> Charlie Mitchell of Bayside Bowl in Portland, Maine, joins us. Charlie, thanks for coming on, man. What's going on? Oh, uh, not too much. Just updating the standings here and Popo uh, singles and doubles qualifying. <laughs> nice. Okay, so I guess we've had you on before, um, but I, I it's been a long, long time, and I, I kind of want to get your thoughts. So, because you obviously have figured out uh, somewhat the keys to success of not only becoming successful in bowling, but being able to bring in uh, the younger clientele uh, as well uh, and making them part of the community in, in the bowling space. What type of advice would you give uh, to, to bowling operators around the country as far as kind of the keys to your success? Well, I mean, I think in, in the past, uh, you know, when, when we've had moments of recognition here and, and other proprietors have talked to me, some of our stuff hasn't exactly translated. Um, but, I mean, generally here, I mean, we came to bowling without any sort of preconceived notions of what a bowling league was supposed to look like. And I think that's given us a lot of freedom to just do things that are fun. I mean, we have, you know, music, we have a community built around bowling. Um, you know, I, I think, I mean, we, we've reached out, we have a, a service industry league that is sort of a feeder program. We have a lot of short season leagues that are run by a, a local social sports organization that is our feeder league. And we just sort of got this community that is built up over time of, and, you know, whenever I see a few new young people come in and just, 
look like they are enjoying bowling on a Friday or Saturday night of open play, I'll reach out to them and see if they're maybe interested in joining the league and sort of develop the people who are coming in for the, you know, for the, the Friday or Saturday night bowling and see if we can get them more involved. And right now we have almost the, the other problem is I don't have enough lanes for my league. Oh my our God. Lanes are, <laughs> all of our leagues are on backlogs. We have two shifts of league every night of the week, except Friday and Saturday. And we just, <laughs> You, know, you can't see Dwight right now, but right. Dwight, is doing shaking, right. Dwight is shaking his head in disbelief <laughs> that you're rolling two leagues a night. That is crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's pretty fun. I mean, there's a reason that people keep joining. I mean, each of them are, are fun, and, and there's, you know, it's all part of the, the community. I mean, if, if you've been here, you know, we have banners up everywhere. We have trophies, so there's kind of this recognition of the bowlers here, and, and the, you build your own sort of legends and history and, and make it more fun. Charlie, a couple of weeks ago, we had Lenny, our own Lenny Borsch uh, enter the uh-huh. PBA Hall of Fame. And Sparky yeah. uh, was talking about that we do not have a PBA Hall of Fame anywhere in the United States to visit or go. And we thought Bowling Heaven, Portland, Maine, Bayside Bowl <laughs> would be a great location for that. What's your thoughts on that? <laughs> would you have room for I'm it? Really open to it. Yeah, I don't. I mean, we're we're. Uh relatively small building but you know certainly open to anything that, that helps celebrate the history of the sport I mean as you know I sort of came to it late and uh, sort of stumbled into bowling and it's really become you know the, the this great piece of my life and my whole business and my family's into it I mean I'm certainly invested in, in, in giving back to bowling so if there was a way we could help on that obviously we would well, and Charlie, it, the bowling community, we mentioned it with like PBA Hall of Fame, what you do for the PBA there, but you've gotten Bull Portland noticed outside of the bowling community as well. Uh, I've seen some posts about a movie that Bull, Bull Portland is being featured in. Uh, it just came out at South by Southwest Film Festival, too. I believe it's called Join or Die. Can, can you, do you have a little background on how you got involved with that and how Bull Portland got involved with that particular movie? Yeah, and, and we're certainly not the... Um the the featured part of the movie we are we are in it but um you know rob putnam is the the sociology professor from harvard who wrote bowling alone back in the day and uh these are some of his students that are created this documentary it should be out on a streaming platform this fall but it's about his theories and his life and and how community building and social capital really help unite the country and so they've then they focus on six different community organizations around the country they're completely disparate there's a a bike riding group in atlanta there is a like an odd fellows type club in texas i mean things like that and then i think obviously the connection to bopo is the the title of his most famous book is bowling alone and they had seen a uh, article in bopo and we were on the front page of the Boston Globe magazine once. And so then they reached out to us and uh, came up and filmed for a few days. And it was actually pretty cool. They were here on the night of the draft for one of our draft leagues. So they really got to see the whole community and full regalia getting, you know, having a, a celebration and drafting. And so the footage of Opo is it's pretty cool in there. And they, they capture about wait a 10 second. or 12 of us for quick quotes well wait 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 what, what do you mean full regalia draft league please explain oh well yeah bopo is a it's a short league i mean we go january to april but in the fall we do what we call draft league which is the same 
mostly the same people from Bopo, but selected via a draft. So we have two different short seasons and that way you get to mix with the other teams more. Wow. And, uh, you know, typically we, we make an event out of anything we can. So our draft night is, you know, under the lights on the stage and dressed up and with microphones. I mean, you know, we make everything Man. an event. See, I mean, but that's the idea. But that's the thing, though, right? I mean, you're making it special. Talk about the idea that you yeah. that addition that you did. That's beautiful. And for TV and everything else. Now you obviously utilize it all year round. Uh, where did where did that idea co- kind of come from the financing of it and the whole aspect of of making it work? I mean, there, there are a few pieces. One, I mean, when we were at 12 Lane Center, I mean, to get, it was a three hour wait, four hour wait. I mean, we couldn't really fit in. The, the customers so there was obviously a need for more lanes and then we had had the pba here a few years so i had this vision of a more of a stadium so to, to watch it to make it feel like a more of a, a big time professional event and then obviously by going up we got the roof deck and now we've become uh, it's a pretty major wedding venue we do about 18 to 20 weddings a year which has become mm-hmm. a critical part of the business plan it was it was unintentional almost i stumbled into that one but um, so yeah, I mean, wanted it, it accomplished three things at once, really. So what happens in the summer for you guys? Because like around here in Wisconsin, it's all about volleyball leagues outside, and there's some bowling inside, but it's mainly about volleyball leagues. Every every bowling alley has a volley, the sand volleyball courts outside. What is it for you guys? Uh, it's roof deck season and wedding season. We have on the top of our expansion. There's a 200 person capacity roof deck that really drives the the business in the summer. Obviously, the league. They're mostly done. We have a couple that go throughout the summer. Um, July and August are pretty slow on, on that side. But, the, you know, the walk-in bowling continues all, all summer. But in the summer, it's weddings for us is, our, is the primary driver of income. And then the roof deck. We have concerts on the roof, things like that. Movie nights. I've seen the movie listings yeah, on, the the movies on the base website. And concerts inside as well. Yeah, it's, We throw tournaments a lot in the summer, too, just to, like, you know, generate a uh, turnout. You know, one thing that was pretty interesting, I was just down in Kokomo at the PBA stop this last week, Charlie, and I saw Arturo Quintero down there, and he was wearing a jersey <laughs> with Bayside Bowl on the jersey. It's really cool. I know he's been part of the Portland Lumberjacks of league uh, for, uh, for the most recent season. Is it, I, I've heard he's living there now. He's living in Portland. He's almost like your house. Pro. How did this all come about where now he's – I wouldn't say – is he a house pro? Do you consider him your house pro? He's the mascot. I think he's the mascot now. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, he's a lot of things. I mean, you've met Arturo. He's a, a fascinating character. And uh, in the celebration of our title, we just started hanging out and bouncing ideas off of each other. And then the next day he came out to the lake with his family. We were all boating around and, and just talked about how much he loved it up here. And uh, We started working on a plan for him to come up here and, and sort of see if there was a way to make it work as a as a business proposition. And so he, he is working with me on, on a lot of things. We're sponsoring him on the tour. Um, but you know, he's involved in sort of customer development at Bayside Bowl. And he's been organizing lots of events when he's here. He's, you know, obviously has a background in running clubs as well. So mm-hmm. I sort of try to tip tap into that expertise. And he, you know, he's been, he joined the league just to sort of be involved in the community. And he's, he's worked a lot with a lot of our bowlers and he'll be back here once tour's over, yeah. You know, I mean, he's he's doing a lot of things for us. Yeah, and it's. I'm sure he's still able but to be part of that. Yeah, they moved to South Portland, and they're uh, they're loving it up here. Hmm. 
Yeah, and with the way the world is nowadays with telework and that kind of thing, I'm sure he can easily stay in touch with you during his downtime uh, out on the tour. He's not on the lanes all day, every day, but you know, he can still help you get oh, things yeah, done I from afar. Talk to him multiple times a week. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about PBA League and how mm-hmm. that all came to be with you and Tom Clark uh, and having that out mm-hmm. by you guys. Well, I mean, Tom gets all, all the credit for that. They At the time, uh, the PBA had a, a sports marketing firm briefly uh, they worked with out of Portland. And so he was in town for a meeting and they came here and he just happened to stumble in on a league night. And I think he saw something different than he had seen at <laughs> other <laughs> league nights. And uh, we just talked about it. I mean, I think even Tom would acknowledge that at that point, the PBA league was a uh, probably an asset they were getting ready to can. I mean, there was a low risk to try it here because I think if it hadn't worked, they would have just gotten rid of the team bowling concept. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, we all know that it, it definitely did work. <laughs> you know, I mean, I remember that year, there were a lot of guys very reluctant to come here and, you know, Tom had given me the rundown. A lot of them didn't want to be a part of PBA league. And then three or four years later, I'm at a draft seeing guys cry who don't get selected. And, mm-hmm to see that it's become this important thing. And I mean, we have kids coming and, and want to see where the PBA league bowls and we get the bowling tourists to come and check it out. It's, you know, I think now we've been doing it long enough that, I mean, the 23, 24 year olds on tour have been watching it since high school. And it's, you know, obviously my favorite event, but. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Whoever wants to say that this isn't bowling heaven, you're wrong. Like, this is bowling heaven in Portland, Maine. Field of Dreams, they made a movie. They need to make a movie around you all and what you all have done. Because it truly, I mean, they made a movie about Tom Smallwood's life, for God's sakes. Like, there should be a movie about or or a reality show, right? Mm -hmm. Following, I don't know, a couple of dudes or women or whatever the case may be that bowl in leagues on that whole draft process. And then when the PBA league is there and what that is all about, or I just think that would be fascinating because the way you describe it is something totally different than what the rest of the country is doing. Yeah. I have to say I'm somewhat ignorant about what all the other centers are doing. You know, we're just kind of coming up with our own ideas and they're, they're working here. And you know, if, if they help, work anywhere else that's great I, there are a couple uh, proprietors who i have been talking to lately who are seeing some of the tournaments i post and looks like they're going to try to 
do very similar events. And so if that works for them, that's fantastic. I've not been at uh, Bowling Heaven yet, uh, but it, in a lot of these bowling centers, you know, you have the bar or the restaurant with it. Uh, and around here, you know, fish fries, they're packed for fish fries and it kind of becomes the, the place. Hopefully, if it's a good bar and restaurant that people hang out, what do you have from that aspect for food? I mean, we have a full kitchen. It's uh, it's Portland's a bit of a, a food town, so you, you can't mess around. We're not serving anything frozen, you know. Um, we do all of our own catering too, so all the weddings, all the food is catered oh my here. God. We have three professional sort of chefs with a bunch of wine cooks on top of that, and then what? you know we have uh, on the rooftop we have our uh, airstream trailer that uh, serve, we serve tacos out of there. It's a nice taco truck on the roof. Sure. Um, I mean, and our bar program, very, very strong. There, there's two places I eat when I'm in Portland. When I'm lucky enough to go out there. Between breaks, I just go to the bar, order food. His staff, Cherry's always got great staff on hand, too. I mean, always friendly and everything. And there's one other place called Duck Fat that Charlie turned me on to. Duck Fat's so good. <laughs> you've gotta have the, yeah, you've got to have the fries at Duck Fat because they actually cook the fries in Duck Fat, and then they also do a poutine with them, too. It's spectacular. <laughs> but, yeah, Charlie's, Charlie's food and the variety that he has on there, I mean, when we're there with the tour, it's only usually two, three days. Don't have to repeat anything on that menu, and you know you can try something else, and it's going to be really good. As he said, he's got top-level chefs working for him. They take pride in the food they put yeah. out for everybody there. So do you have people coming in there just to eat more than just a bowl, or, or is everybody that's eating there is bowling as well? Uh, we, You know, we have some people come in to eat. I mean, in the summer, definitely. I mean, the people who go to our roof are there to eat and drink, and half of them don't even know I have lanes downstairs. Oh my! So, and, the, the, and then the weddings they book here. One of the big selling points to them, obviously, they want to be on the roof. But the catering is done in house. They don't have to go out and find another caterer, and they know our food is going to be delicious. And the same with all the corporate party season. I mean, it's all it's all done in house. So. I used to do a, an afternoon show with Leroy Butler, who just went into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, inventor of the Lambo leap, the whole deal. Uh, yeah. his, his deal every time he talks to somebody that he finds interesting is, dude, you better be writing a book. Dude, you better be writing a book. And I'm telling you, Charlie Mitchell, dude, you better be writing mm-hmm. a damn book because <laughs> I want to read said book of how this empire was built because you have got yourself an empire over there right now. Well, thank you very much. I'm, I'm not, not writing actively, but <laughs> you know, got the, uh, we write a lot of stuff on, on the Bull Portland page, so and sort of look back at that to jog my memory if need be. we got to yeah. find somebody to write a book for you because th- this has to be put down into words for 20, 30 years from now that people know where Bowling Heaven began. Hey, Charlie, thanks so much for coming on. I know there's a, a big tournament, Phil, you were talking about uh, that he has coming up, right? Yeah, it's coming up in May, 20th and 21st. He's going to have people from all up and down the East Coast, some of the best bowlers, professional and professional, going on uh, for the eight, uh, the Hungus 8K, $8,000 on top. Uh, that Charlie's putting out there, and it's gonna looks like it's gonna be a fun event to to have people bowling. I'm sure he's gonna be packed with spectators too, to, with, with the with the number of quality names, PBA non PBA, they're gonna be there. Uh, it's gonna be a big event for him, I'm sure. And he does a lot of other tournaments as well, but that's the big one coming up in May for him. Charlie, talk about this big event that you got coming up. Yeah, you know, so I run a lot of uh, I run a monthly scratch tournament everything as you know Bayside always has a sports shot down but we put down even more challenging ones for these scratch tournaments monthly and they're limited to 64 players in the field so they always fill up in about an hour or two but then this is out those are just thousand dollar first place tournaments we do every every once a month and 
try to see if I could keep, keep the Bopo vibe in tournaments for real money. Mm-hmm. And so last year I decided since those had worked so well, let's just try going for a full $8,000 first place and see if we could still keep the same vibe, have drinks flowing, have music going and play for real money. And it worked. So yeah. Cal uh, Troop really was up there last year. I saw really yeah. good tournament. We're going to try it again this year. Um, and I think it should be a ton of fun. What did you say, Phil? Who was up there? Kyle Troop bowled last year. Kyle Michael Troop. Martell, who's yeah, Michael Kyle Martell did not make the cut last year. What? Yeah. He, really, yeah. he, he fell into the party mode. He was on my pair. He <laughs> <laughs> did make the cut though. <laughs> so yeah, Michael Martell took the whole thing down. He's a guy that hits the the tour on occasion. But there's yeah. a lot of other yeah, the, the, a lot of other locals that did very well in the tournament because they're so used to bowling on the tougher patterns. Charlie puts out for all the leagues and everything. They're all sport patterns. So these guys know how to how to make the adjustments and everything. And they're not like somebody walking in blind off the street that's never touched. I'm also making my uh, first ever trip out to Milwaukee in July. I'll be bowling in that oh, nice. PBA League uh, tournament on the 16th of July. And then Arturo is bowling on the 17th when the exempt players are bowling and we'll we'll be double partners. They'll add our scores together. Nice. Yeah, I'll see. I'll see yeah. you out here when you're bowling, Charlie. So definitely be there for that one. Looking forward to that. We need a PBA bowler whose home lanes are Bayside Bowl, right? I mean, we got him, but we, we need one now. We, we need. Well, we have one now. I know, but we. I, I would love to see like a college young gun type kid. You know, that's 18, 19 years oh, old, yeah. break onto the tour, and then you know is there for a while, like the mm-hmm. next Kyle Troop or whatever the case may be. And based on the patterns you're lying down and everything else, I'd have to imagine at some point we're probably going to see that. I'm sure you could probably talk about some really good young bowlers that you have out that way. Well, our, uh, we do host um, the, the one of the high school teams. Maine doesn't have the, the really developed high school programs where every high school is a team, but there's about, I think there's 10 teams and they consolidate from the regions. And the one that bowls out of base that I did just win the state title about, two weeks ago. So there are some up and comers and I like to point my little, my son, Wes, who just turned seven. Here we go. Tall lefty and he's a two hander and he's getting really good. Didn't he just bowl like a one seventy game at seven years old? He just had a one seventy six last week, but uh, that's good. My seven-year-old is hitting, hitting, is hitting the ball off of bumpers and your kid's throwing a one (laughs) seventy. And so that's, that's great. (laughs) That's awesome. Charlie. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, nothing. He, uh, he he's becoming a little bit of a pattern snob, though. That's that's his only concern. <laughs> I got to make sure he sticks with the boat vibe. That's hilarious. <laughs> Charlie Mitchell, owner of Bayside Bowl. We call it Bowling Heaven here on the Spare Time Bowling Show. Charlie, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for calling. You bet. You take yeah. care. There he is, uh, Charlie Mitchell, joining us here uh, on the Spare Time Bowling Show. Phil, uh, obviously, you've been out there, been a part of it. There's nothing comparable to this place, right? Nothing comparable, whether it's the vibe of the leagues. I've, I've I've seen the league session once. It's just a lot of fun. They're not bowling for the money. They're not. They're bowling for the pride. They're bowling for the team. They're having a lot of fun with that. Uh, the Bopo Pro-Am is insane when they actually, before the league, some of the Bopo teams that qualify get the bowl with PBA members in a Pro-Am. And the Pro-Am rules are waived. Usually pros can't drink or do – Pros can cock to Charlie said, I don't want it. I, I don't want the tour here if the guys can't party with us and bowl pull vibe it while they're doing the pro am. And that's what they do. It's 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 spectacular. It's amazing what Charlie has done out there. And it's just Charlie being Charlie. It's just his vibe and it rubs off ideas. on other people yeah. and it's contagious. 
And as you said, other people have tried things that he's done there and it maybe hasn't caught on in the area, that type of thing, but you know, right place, right time, right vibe. And he really has that place going. And it's not just with the bowling. Like you said, 18 or 20 weddings a year, there's bowling centers in the Milwaukee area that would kill to have that 18 or 20 weddings. Well, they a don't year. have the, the sky deck or whatever right. he's got either. They also don't have professional chefs and line cooks and all of that stuff. Like he said, you know, he didn't say that everybody else does this, but a lot of places just have frozen pizzas. Everything's frozen. You throw it in the fryers and right. that's what you're cooking with. These guys are doing everything fresh. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I there's two places I ate when I'm in Portland and I have no issue with taking my money and laying it right back on top of Charlie's bar and going, Hey, give me some poutine or give me your lobster mac and cheese. And oh, it's, it's all really good stuff. I, I'm actually now missing the food that I said that I'm really missing out on that poutine that Charlie has. It's bucket stuff. list for, for me and my daughter, Ashley, and wouldn't it be great someday if we could be at the PBA league in right. bowling heaven. And I would love to hold a fat head up on tv sure one of the yeah. pros but i mean that's a bucket list thing for oh, a yeah. pba fan i know my daughter ashley would be totally in those have got to be tough to get tickets into right phil I'm it's assuming. So, yeah because it sells to the bopo family first and then it opens up to everyone but there's so much room there because it, it's basically a two-story uh two-story mezzanine that he has so you right. got the mezzanine you can look down on all the bowling going you got all the seating on the side you got everything behind there's monitors everywhere so even people that can't get in the main seating on the eight sides of Bayside, eight lane side of Bayside, they can go to the 12 lane side and watch everything on monitors and sit right up one of the other bars. And yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it, it's too cool for words, really. It, it's too so cool much fun me. when I'm out there. And, you know, I, I paid my, uh, last year, I did the live streaming for the qualifying for the, for the PBA league. And I paid for myself to hang out for a couple more days just to watch the league because it's that much fun. That is so cool. All right. Yeah. Uh, time now to recap what happened over uh, the PBA week. You got a few minutes uh, left here. Uh, D- Dwight really wanted to get into this. Uh, yeah. Packy comes back uh, and wins a tournament this week. And after seeing him on TV uh, last week and come back uh, and beats Matt Ogle, who also yeah. was on TV last weekend uh, as well. Uh, and for Anerhan, that's that's a big win for him. That's his first uh, first title. Right. And and I'm happy for him. Um, a likable guy. You know, um, happy-go-lucky. I th- I'm sure Phil sees it more on that side uh, than us on TV, but uh, super happy for him. Don't forget, EJ was uh, second seed. Tackett, yep. Yep, EJ Tackett, again, was up there. Ogle's making a great run, but um, I also saw that Belmo uh, sent a tweet out uh, congratulating him, and a lot of people thought that was real classy on Belmo's part. A lot of just great stories come out of it, but um, Packy was, again, uh, one of those guys that we talked about. If he wasn't going to start to win or um, it was going to start to leave the tour and, and then get a real job somewhere, so maybe this will help him stay out there. That, hey, I, I won once. Maybe I can win again. Dude, he said – wasn't he the one? I think he's the one that said he only planned on being tour for a year or two. And then that was probably going to be it and go right. on with his real life. And here he is holding a, a title at the end of the day, Phil. Yeah. I mean, it, you, you watched Pacquiao week and he just, once he got locked in in that second round, he just had this calmness about him. Like he was going through the business on the round of 12 on Friday before the stepladder, he was still in the lead. A couple of guys were trying to catch up. And he ran into a couple of pairs where it was basically all or nothing. He was striking or it was six through the face. And he stayed patient. I, I thought to myself, I'm thinking, going, hmm, you know, if he can stay clean in that championship match, he probably has a good chance to win. And he started strike and then the next over. day and it, was, and it was over. So, yeah, the calmness he had during the last couple of rounds of, qualif- of 
qualifying when they made the cuts and he kept the lead. It, it was he had that same focus on the lanes. Nothing changed. He didn't seem nervous because it was going for his first title. That focus was just there. So mentally, he 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 was you know perfect for it at that moment. And the first thing he did, Dave Small, the proprietor, gave him the trophy, gave him the check. He goes, "Hold on, everybody, before interviews and stuff, I have to call my mom and dad." That's and awesome. he went to the side of the lanes and he FaceTimed with his mom and dad. And when I saw the phone open and his mom was just hollering and screaming, you did it. And dad's sitting there kind of calm and stuff. And my, and it was, it was a really cool moment. And I can't wait to see Packy's part of the house. So you got Brad and Kyle and then you have the house. I haven't looked yet for the house video, but I know Kevin Williams, the, the PBA professional shooting a lot of stuff for Packy uh, for the house, for wrapping up the step layer and stuff. I can't wait to see how that one comes out. Oh, I bet you that's awesome. Cause you're going to get footage. You're not going to get anywhere else. Yeah. And I, and Packy was kind of worried before he was done because he goes, Oh, my phone isn't going to charge that much. And he goes, everybody's going to be blowing up my phone. I'm not going to be able to get it. Everybody tonight. Somebody got a charge, you know, somebody's does somebody have a charger for me. That's wild. So yeah, it was, it was pretty cool for Packy and it, you got to be happy for the kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is really cool. Uh, all right. So that was good. Uh, and then the PBA uh, junior uh, tournament that they had on TV over the weekend, mm-hmm. Dwight, you wanted to get into that. Oh my God. As a coach again, and Phil knows where I'm probably going to go with this. I was just totally blown away by Caitlin Stull, even though I wanted to see Bella love Castile, a 13 year old two hander. I mean, she's getting all the attention, but Caitlin Stahl uh, not only blew me away, but so did Rob and yep. and Randy and, and Norm. And I loved how Norm got more into it. Uh, was a great interview with Norm on the show. I, I That's what I wanted uh, the week before. Right. Um, but I thought they just did a sensational job covering it. Um, the questions during to the pros and all the pros are worried about these young kids coming out and taking their money was the words. But uh, what a game out of that Caitlin Stahl. I just was totally blown away. That's the thing, right? So I, we talked about this. That women's tour has what filled three on CBS Sports. Right. Night? So sad. And the rest of it's going to be on Bull TV right. this, this year. So, so if you want to catch your favorite women, yeah, you're going to have three chances to catch them on TV. So this is what we're talking about here. So we're talking about young up-and-coming potential stars yeah right uh that, that are coming now the question is going to be when is you, when you get down that? with college or whatever right. the case may be is that going to be what you want to do or is it going to be what you want to school to be your major because you know i'm going to get a paycheck there and it's going to be a decent paycheck right versus struggling out there on the women's tour i don't know prize money on the women's tour but obviously it has to be significantly less i would imagine uh, less than what the men's tour is uh, at this point, Phil. Yeah, there's a couple of larger prizes out there with the uh, USBC Queens and the and the Women's US Open uh, that are kind of on the larger side. Uh, they were originally supposed to be 100,000, but I know there was a player vote to kind of bring the first place prize down and kind of spread spread the love a little bit more down sure. the prize list type of thing, which is a bad call for the players. I mean, they're working together to make it better for everybody as well out there for the for the ones that can do well. But there's so many women that have to have you know, either full-time, there's so many PWBA pros that are collegiate coaches as well. Shannon O'Keefe comes mm-hmm. to mind, you know, first and foremost with McKendry. And uh, they, they they need that in order to subsidize their career. Sure, there's a few pros like EJ Tackett that don't have to work or do anything else, but we know EJ does. We heard him when he, you know, the day after he won the U.S. Open, he was working at his mom and dad's bowling center. Right. Uh, but that's wanting to do that. There's PWBA players that need to do that in order to keep their bowling careers going. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, so, it. that's it, right? So, I mean, as well as as much fun as this is, and we're talking about mm-hmm. how how great these young bowlers are that we're watching. Right? Will we still be talking about them in ten or twelve years right. on the tour? And I, I don't know. Yeah. See, there's I mean, one from the women's standpoint. I don't know. I there's think one- she's good enough to where I think she could get a cash on the men's tour. That's what my daughter Ashley said. She's so good she could go up against the men. We haven't seen any women 
uh, no. on the TV show. Yeah. Yep. Not in a while. Liz Johnson in 2017 won at the World yeah. Series of Bowling. That's been Correct. that long right. and, since. And she couldn't do anything because she wears a glove now. And again, gloves were banned on the PBA. Correct. Well, the hard the hard wrist supports, the molded wrist supports, or if they have metal or anything in them, you can't use those on tours. The regional guys and the senior guys, the PBA 50 guys, can still use a type of wrist supports, but the the main tour can't. So there's some there's some separate different rules How about the women's tour. The main tour. Women's tour, they're, they're open to use those. They can still use them on the wrist guards. Yeah, absolutely. So mm-hmm. because there's probably 40% of the women, I'd say, that use some type of wrist device. It's not as much as it was, let's say, back in the 80s where you saw pretty much every woman wearing some I'm trying to figure out what's, why why wouldn't they? I mean, we should have asked Tom Clark this. Obviously, a couple of weeks ago, we had Tom Clark on the uh, commissioner right. of the PBA. If you missed it, go to Spare Time Bowling Show podcast. Wherever you download your favorite podcast, you can do that uh, and listen to that interview. But why exactly did they outlaw it? Because it certainly can because it includes rev rate when you're letting guys throw with two hands at this point. It helps you just repeat shots because you can mold it. You know, it's molded in one position. You know, if your timing's off a little bit at your release and Dwight can vouch for this, also you break your wrist back a little bit too much or you keep your wrist a little too forward at, at a point in time, it's going to change how you've, what revolutions and what right. how balls coming off your hand. Well, when you can have it set to the same way every time, it takes part of that skill away from it. And that's the logic behind it. The, uh, the taking away the hard work space, because you can set yourself in that shot. And a lot of them nowadays are adjustable. They have little yes. dials that they can adjust. Really? So if they want to increase, yep. yeah, if they want to increase or decrease their axis rotation and that type of thing, just change where your, your hand is and just lock it in. And then you're stuck and you're there and you can, it's mm. easier to repeat shots. I need to go buy <laughs> one. I want to try one. <laughs> this sounds fun, dude, because I'm not a strong dude. So yeah. I've always just had one of those ones that have like, like the, the Velcro straps over the, the top and they're only over your hand. The they don't, they don't have the long yeah. finger on it or nothing like right. that. Right. That's why I was so impressed with Kate and Stahl. She didn't wear a glove. And the thing that really made me impressed was uh, Kyle Troop's text that came into Randy during the, their match and said, this girl's got a rock star release. Yeah. You know, look at where her track is on the ball. I, I Phil, I didn't see many faults in her game. I mean, I mean, she's rock solid. You can walk in down the 10 kids that made the national finals that they showed highlights of uh, the 10 kids on both sides of the, uh, of the equation. And any of those kids have a chance to keep working at their game and, and become the next superstar professional in their sport. If they, you know, keep working. You got to keep working at it. Nothing comes easy. That's and the other I think thing any that of those I kids can right. make it happen. That's the other thing that I really like about the TV telecast. I should have said this to Randy, but I like when he's reading off of his phone, um, when he's getting these text messages mm-hmm. from PBA bowlers or mm-hmm. former PBA bowlers, retired PBA bowlers, whatever, um, and then adding that into um, the broadcast is cool because mm-hmm. it, it it's cool for a couple reasons. One. The listener at home has no idea this person is saying that so or the viewer. So that helps. But the other thing is you're letting everybody know that these dudes that aren't in this tournament are still watching this tournament because mm-hmm. they love this sport and they're still watching. You yeah. know, you talk to a lot of guys in the NFL. They don't watch Monday night football if they're not playing Monday night football. They have no right. interest in watching Thursday right. night football. I'm not watching that either. Uh, yeah. Their game fine. And then that's about it. Unless that team is coming up that they're going to play the following week. Okay, fine. A lot of these guys, they don't, they're not watching yeah. the NBA players. A lot of those guys are watching other NBA games. But again, the only reason I know that is because they're using social media to promote the fact when something big happens, they're tweeting out, you know, emojis or whatever else when somebody I, makes a big dunk or something like that. I, I think they want to see what the future brings and they're blown away by the quality of this young girls and the two boys were great too. They were sure. both two handers, but I, I think they were just blown away by how 
good this girl 15 year old girl was not to take anything away again from Bella Love. Right. Um, I mean, amazing that 13 years old, she has 105,000 Instagram followers. There's an unbelievable stat also. I thought it was just a real entertaining show. I, I, it couldn't have been any more perfect, but, but holy showcase, um, the, the, the young talent that's out there, number one. And, and then, but afterwards, I, you know, my daughter looked at me and she goes, what, what, what future does she have if there's not a, a ladies PBA tour? They're going to be on TV three times a year. Great point. Well, she's going to go bold in that. I, or she's going to learn how to coach and coach collegially after her collegiate career is, is gone. Cause there's still more schools that are adding any NCAA and NAIA bowling programs where they can offer, you know, and what they are need those coaches people and they need making, Phil? What are the, where are college bowling coaches making? I can't imagine it's that much money. I think it's, I think it's sufficient. I don't see, I, I mean, I know down in your neck of the woods, Carthens college, they just took down the CCIW championship they're going to the ncaa tournament against big schools like mckendry and arkansas yeah, yeah, yeah. State. i understand that and i'm saying as a coach what are you making yeah. 30 grand a year maybe right i mean i you're not no. making 150 grand a year oh. being a women's college bowling coach i can't imagine even at the most prestigious of of you know universities that have you know the high-end women's programs are they making that much money well i'm sure they're teaching classes along with it i'm sure it's not just hitting the lanes for th- two or three hours a day coaching your bowlers during the season i'm sure there's other ways that the school has them augmenting their income whether you know if you have a master's degree you can teach classes sure. bottom line is they got to get something for the ladies some sponsorship something you know i mean i i think there would be a draw especially be with that viewership though that's what this is all yeah. about right they've given them opportunities on tv um, and obviously it must not have drawn well enough. And that's why we're down to three on, on CBS Sports Network. And say whatever you want, but the NBA makes so much money. And then WNBA right. does whatever. Now, the WNBA, the gender thing. The WNBA yeah. though, is getting a major push, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's getting a push is because these current NBA guys are showing up at WNBA games, sitting courtside, mm-hmm. or tweeting about things that they just saw, right? And now the women's NCAA tournament, uh, Clark, was that her name? Um, she blew up. I think she had a triple double or whatever. And that blew up all over social media. So again, like we were talking about with Rob Stone and Randy Peterson, and those guys talking about what they got coming in on their phones. When we start talking about women's tournaments, it would be beneficial to everybody involved. Yeah. If a Kyle Troop is tweeting out that he's watching the women's tour on CBS sports net when it's happening and talking about it or whatever else, because more than likely he's going to get people, and again, CBS Sportsnet is tough because not everybody gets it. You have to pay extra for it, all this other stuff. But either way, but people that have it, maybe a couple of them turn over and watch. Oh, what the hell is Kyle? What's he watching? All right, I'll go see what Kyle's watching. Yeah. And, and you're going to turn it on. I know I do it sometimes. I may not be watching a certain game, but if I see on social media something big is going down, I'm going to switch over to it. Mm-hmm. Because think about it back in the day, you'd have to pick up your rotary phone. Dial it up. Hey, do you have an ABC on? This is going on in Monday Night Football right now. That's how it is. And if the person's home, great. If not, you hang up and that person never knows because they're out to dinner or whatever else. They didn't have cell phones. So that's how it is. Now with social media and everything is on your phone, it becomes a lot easier to bring TV ratings up just through social media posts. It's like, for me, it was like they break into a, a pitcher having a no hitter. Yes. You know, and and watching this girl, she's so different than anyone else. Um, And the other thing, too, was she never missed her mark. 
not even by a board and with the same ball speed. And I mean, so, I mean, again, they're on a tough pattern. The Mark Roth 41, I believe is what it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the numbers don't lie. You know, uh, at one point, Kyle Truk was talking to one of the boys, you know what I love about being on TV and I love, you know, how he was mic'd and he says, I always look off to the right and see how each shot was, you know, yep. because they have the, you can see the replay. Fa- right. The the tracks, fast, yep. Right. Yeah, no, that's a great point. He is Dwight Albright, uh, of course. Phil Brylo, get him uh, at Bruce City Bowling on Twitter. Phil, or I should say Dwight, is at Dewey300. Phil, what's going on uh, this week? We at USBC Masters. We record this on Monday. They're already starting qualifying. That is a long week, man. Yeah, uh, the USBC Masters going on, so that'll be a fun weekend coming up to talk about next weekend. Well, and two TV shows, too. So Friday night and Sunday TV shows. Uh, Friday night on FS1. Uh, Sunday will be on Big Daddy Fox with $100,000 in the Masters title. And the neat part about this year is, and they're finally doing it, I love that they're doing it, the number one seed, because it's a double elimination bracket once you get to the final 64. The number one seed in years past, we saw with A.J. Johnson in 2015, several other times, run away, win the, you know, lead the tournament, you lose that first game, and you're in second place. Not the case this year. If the, first, if the number one qualifier loses that first game, they get the bowl of second game to still try to win that title. And that's what I'm really looking forward to is, you know, makes it a little more fair to that leading qualifier after the week's done. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, again, USBC Masters coming up this week, Dwight. How are they going to do that? Because we ran that past Randy Peterson when he was on the air about time restraints and everything. If if, the, if they lose that first game and have, have to bowl the second, that's why he said, I'd love to see that. But it's always against the clock. Is what yeah, is it, it's planned. I'm sure there's some type of, you know, pre-produced material that's going to happen, whether it's like a, a, a you know, how the season so far for the PBA, that type of thing, that they'll play to fill out the show or they'll have other bowlers ready to sit down and talk about their seasons. So it, there could be a little bit more of the interviews and that type of thing or, or recaps of the season. At, None at of this matters, of the though, if the one yeah. seed has has one loss going in. Mm-hmm. None yeah. of this will matter. Right. If they lose that first game, then that prepackaged stuff gets used some other time or maybe just on the Internet, and then they bowl that second game to decide the title. Yep, good stuff. He is Phil Brawley, Dwight Albrecht. Spare Time Bowling Show. We'll do it again next week. Talk about the USBC Masters. Have a good one, everybody. And remember, bowling heaven, Portland, Maine. Tell your friends, tell your family, make a trip.